It's another episode of the Microcom Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rob Walling. And in this episode, I dive into the question you should ask yourself before you start building SaaS products. If you want to see the full YouTube video where this audio was pulled from, click the link in the show notes or head to microconf.com slash YouTube. And one more thing. We've recently reopened the doors for our online community, Microconf Connect. MicroConf Connect is our virtual hallway track. It's a vibrant community of SaaS founders helping each other and discussing wins, challenges, and frankly, how to grow faster. A couple months ago, we paused new signups to improve the platform based on your requests. With MicroConf Connect 2.0, we're rolling out three membership tiers packed with new perks like weekly co-working, exclusive discounts, a searchable content library, and more. Whether you've been a member of Connect or not, you really should check it out, microconfconnect.com. And with that, let's dive into the question you should ask yourself before you start building SaaS products. Some people become entrepreneurs because they want to get rich, or it's because it's what their parent did, or they saw someone doing it and thought it looked like fun. They heard about Mark Zuckerberg or Bill Gates, and they were influenced and inspired. But there's an important question that every individual should ask themselves before they start a company, before they become an entrepreneur. And this question is especially relevant if you're going to start a technology company, because there are so many options and so many different paths available to you. So in this video, I'm gonna dive into the question of what type of business do you actually wanna build? It's a question I wish I'd asked myself more when I first started out. I'm Rob Walling, a serial entrepreneur with multiple exits. I've written four books on entrepreneurship and invested in more than 150 companies. Today I have my trusty rec room mug as we ask ourselves this one question, super important question before building your SaaS product. And if you stick around to the end, I'm gonna let you in on how you can change your answer to this question in one direction, but not the other. So the question that we're asking today is what type of business do you actually want to build? And I categorize tech startups and SaaS companies into three buckets. The first are those businesses built for a lifestyle bootstrapper. These are the folks that want to make $5,000, $10,000, $20,000 a month, work as little as possible, effectively trying to live out the four-hour work week. And I've, I've done this. It's amazing. I'm going to talk about the pros and cons of each of these types a little later, but lifestyle bootstrappers certainly have it good up to a certain point. The second bucket are the ambitious bootstrappers. And these are folks that may want to raise a small amount of money, because this is where I use the term bootstrapping to mean bootstrapped and mostly bootstrapped. So if you raise $100,000, $300,000, you're still a effectively bootstrapped. The difference between that and raising venture where you're raising millions of dollars is huge. And the goals and the gambles are all different. So when I say an ambitious bootstrapper, they want to be ambitious about it. And they're willing to put in the hours, they're willing to work full time, maybe more than full time to build a team. And they want to get into the millions or tens of millions in revenue as a mostly bootstrapped SaaS founder. And the third bucket, of course, is raising venture capital. It's what everyone thinks of when we say raising funding. But as it turns out, there are actually a lot of funding options that are not venture capital. But once you raise institutional money from a Silicon Valley VC or a New York venture capitalist or a London venture capitalist, you need to become a unicorn for it to be worth their while. And so you're putting all the chips on the table and you are making a huge bet. You're betting your company that it will get huge or it will go to zero. There really isn't any in between once you've raised venture. 
So now I'm going to run through each of these and talk about the pros and cons of them because I've done all three of these, believe it or not. Most people haven't, but I had this amazing lifestyle SaaS business called Hittail that did about $30,000 a month. And before that, I had a handful of, you can call them lifestyle businesses doing between one and about $10,000 a month. Lifestyle businesses are fun. They're super calm. You're in control. They can be boring. That's probably the biggest drawback. When I was doing them, I got bored because I stopped learning things. While these were incredibly profitable businesses with a high likelihood of succeeding because the aspirations are lower, right? Getting to 10 or $20,000 a month is much easier than getting into the millions. So while they're profitable, while you keep control, while they're fun, they can be pretty boring. And so I see lifestyle businesses as having a particular place in the entrepreneurial ecosystem where perhaps you just want to travel. Perhaps you want to own all your time and spend it the way you want to. Or perhaps it's a stepping stone on the stair step method of bootstrap to get you from step one to step two to step three, which is what I did, where step three is where I transitioned from being a lifestyle entrepreneur to being an ambitious bootstrapper. So now let's talk about building that ambitious company, wanting to get to millions or tens of millions in revenue. If you're mostly bootstrapping, you still retain control. I will say that bootstrapping a SaaS to 10 million, 20 million, it's hard mode. It's hard mode without funding. It's unfortunately, I've started five bootstrap companies and I know that while I retained control and it was incredibly rewarding, not having the funds up front to hire made my life a lot easier. If you want to find ambitious bootstrappers, I certainly was one when I started Drip any tiny seed company, you can go to tinyseed.com slash portfolio. And that's who we invest in. It doesn't make sense for us to run a startup accelerator for lifestyle bootstrappers, because there just aren't enough returns for it to make sense for an LP or an investor to give us money to invest in a startup unless they want to get into millions or tens of millions in revenue. And so one really good example of this who's been public and is a tiny seed company is scraping Bee, and you can find them at scraping Bee on Twitter, and they are doing millions a year. It's the two founders and a couple of employees, but they're a great example of folks who kind of started off as lifestyle bootstrappers and became more and more ambitious as their company grew. And of course, we have our third bucket, which is venture capital. It's raising millions and millions of dollars. These days, a Series A is $6 million or more. It's a lot of money. And once you take that much money at the valuation that requires, imagine raising at a 30 or $40 million valuation, you can't then sell for 30 or 40 million. You have to go for 100 million, a billion plus. And so venture is more risky. It's a lot more intense. You have a lot more people involved. You have a lot less control. You have a lot more pressure on yourself. But the rewards, if they work out, can be big. It's just the chance of them happening are a lot less than with the other two options I outlined. And so the question to ask yourself is, which type of business do you want to build? It's especially bad when two co-founders start a business and one wants to be a lifestyle bootstrapper and one either wants to raise venture or be an ambitious bootstrapper. This is where expectations misalign and co-founders can split up. I'll be honest that this bucket, this lifestyle versus ambitious versus venture capital, it's not as black and white as a lot of people make it sound. Like you've probably heard that if you raise venture, you work 90 hour weeks, you have no control and the venture capitalists take control of your company away and hire a CEO and kick you out by the time you hit 20 million. I've known venture back founders who make great salaries, who work 40 hours a week and actually have great work-life balance. And I've known bootstrappers who are stressed beyond belief and in essence, making minimum wage. It can happen in 
all directions. The tropes or the stereotypes are mostly accurate, but they don't have to be that way. And so don't necessarily buy in to something that you've seen on the TV show Silicon Valley or things that you read on TechCrunch. And another thing to keep in mind is to be realistic about your situation. So 15 years ago, I was living in New Haven, Connecticut. I had a young child. My wife was in grad school at Yale and I didn't have the ability to move away because she had to be at Yale. And we had this kid that I was taking care of a good chunk during the day amidst my work. And yet I applied to Y Combinator, which was in Boston. It was completely unrealistic. Even if I had gotten in, it would have been unrealistic and I should have lifestyle bootstrapped, which in essence is what I wound up doing with .NET Invoice over the course of the next year. Year or two. It's an important thing to think about this question that comes from Lee Lefevre's book, Big Enough. The question is, what if it works? It's a simple question that can help you anticipate the long-term effects of a decision. So if the lifestyle business works and I get to 10 or 20K and I'm able to quit my day job and work 10 hours a week, what then? Will I get bored? Can I then do something more ambitious? Yes, you can. That's exactly what I did. I think that's a pretty good way to go, to be honest. Or if I start the ambitious effort today, do I have the time? Do I have the energy? If I raise venture today, am I in a situation where that's realistic? And what if that works and I'm running a team of 100 or 200 or 300 people for the next 10 years? Do I want that? When you're just starting out, stair-stepping works really well. I mentioned that a little earlier, but it tends towards having the lifestyle elements early because the opportunities are smaller. So you start a step one and step two businesses. And once you own your time, you have that lifestyle business. And whether you have the income or a small exit, it's much easier to then focus on taking that bigger swing with step three. But I'll admit, maybe I'm biased because it's the path I traveled and it's the path I see a lot of other SaaS founders traveling as well. In a minute, I'm going to tell you how you can change your answer to this question in one direction, but not the other. But before I do that, I want to let you know you're watching the MicroConf YouTube channel, all about building, launching, and growing SaaS products. Some founders are completely bootstrapped and some are mostly bootstrapped. There are lifestyle folks and there are ambitious bootstrappers amid us. But we also run events, in-person events and online events called MicroConf Remotes. So to see that list of events, head to microconf.com slash upcoming dash events. You'll see the link in the description of this video, but we have new events all over Americas and Europe, and we might have one in a city near you. Head to microconf.com to find out more about all the things we offer, including these events, our MicroConf Connect online community, our mastermind matching that we do a few times a year, and so many other things for founders just like you. Okay, so the interesting thing about this question of what type of business do you want to build is that you can change your answer in one direction, but not the other. So you can move from starting a lifestyle business to then transitioning that to an ambitious startup. I did that myself with Drip. The initial ambition was to do 10 or $20,000 a month. And then it started growing really quickly into the millions. And I decided I'm going all in. I'm going to be an ambitious bootstrapper. And you could then raise funding. You could raise venture. But once you've raised funding, you can't really go back. While it's not technically impossible, it's really difficult to do and it, it just it's not a good look. So realistically, once you move to the ambitious or the venture backed stage, this is not something you want to undo. So be sure that that's what you want before you make that decision. 